Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome to another Brooker Review podcast. Uh, this is Craig. I'm joined today by Vince. How's it going? Hey, Craig. How are you? All right. I guess it's been better, but uh, 2020 has been an interesting year so far. Uh, yeah. Not uh, anything really good happening in the baseball world as of yet. However, that's about to change here as the baseball draft is still scheduled happening June 10th and 11th has been reduced down to five rounds. Uh, the Brewers do have five picks, however. Um, and we're going to kind of do a little bit of draft preview as, a, as in our uh, what we, annual tradition with the Brooker Review here so for the past, uh, what is it, 15 years or so. Um, so anyway, yeah. um, we're usually never right on these uh, predictions or whatnot, but it's good to talk a little baseball, a little draft. So um, – I guess before we Craig, get are we going to be joined on Craig? Are we going to be joined on the set today by uh, Scott or Chad? Are they coming in for our draft preview? Um, I think they may be um, both participating in some type of a protest that are going on. So I guess they prioritize that over draft baseball draft preview or something. But I, I, it's very honorable of both of them, um, and it's totally understandable. But uh, we're going to have to pick up the slack, I guess. I just assumed that they were socially distancing themselves from everyone and including the phone they might be doing that as well i'm not sure so uh what, what i've got prepared here is a little bit of a mock draft of the first round the the, the brewers pick the 20th overall pick in the first round um so i'll kind of do over a little ma- a mock draft up until their pick and i'm assuming um you know we'll talk about co- who i think they'll take and then a couple of guys that might be available you know when they pick and see if you have any any uh, kind of idea which direction you think they'll go and actually kind of throw out five names that might be available for them to pick kind of, or they might be interested in each of their five picks through all five rounds. We'll kind of go over as well. But for right now, let me just fire out the first round mock um, prediction here. The Tigers, the Detroit Tigers have the number one overall pick and it's pretty much uh, rumored that they're going to take first baseman Spencer Torkelson from Arizona state university. Of course, it's a great university in Tempe, Arizona, which I'm familiar with. Yeah, just just like an old uh, Brewers number one draft pick out of uh, Arizona State, Anton Williamson. Yeah, that didn't work out too well. But uh, this is the number one overall pick, most likely. And I think, uh, <laughs> you know, there hasn't been very very few first basemen ever picked number one overall. So um, Spencer might join that select few, but we'll, we shall see. Second overall pick from the Baltimore Orioles, um, shortstop Austin Martin from Vanderbilt is what I'm predicting. Um, third overall pick is the Marlins. Um, that's a left-handed pitcher out of Texas A&M, A&M and that's uh, Asa Lacey. Um, also, the Royals with the fourth overall pick, I'm going to predict that they'll pick a right-handed pitcher from the University of Georgia, Emerson Hancock. The Blue Jays own the fifth overall pick. Uh, second baseman Nick Gonzalez from New Mexico State and as you might notice there's a trend happening here and the, the first five picks of all coming out of the college ranks um, our first high schooler will come off the board here in the mock here at number six overall to the Seattle Mariners with outfielder Zach Veen high school in Florida the Pirates pick seventh overall right-handed pitcher Max Meyer from University of Minnesota the Padres pick eighth overall and we're going to project that they'll take Heston 
Kerstad from Arkansas, um, University of Arkansas. Um, ninth overall, the Rockies. Uh, I'm going to pick them. I'm picking a high, high school outfielder from Tennessee. His name is Robert Hassel. The Angels of the 10th overall pick, left-handed pitcher Reed Detmers from Louisville. Um, 11th overall, White Sox are going to be picking catcher Patrick Bailey from North Carolina State. All right, now coming up in the mock, we've got a run of some high schoolers. Uh, 10th, or 12th overall, the Reds, uh, division rivals, will pick outfielder Austin Hendrick from high school in Pennsylvania. The Giants pick 13th overall. We're projecting that they'll take outfielder Pete Crow Armstrong from high school in California. 14th overall is the Texas Rangers. Um, I'll project that they'll take catcher Tyler Soderstrom from high school in California. 15th is the Phillies. Um, I'm going to have them taking Mick Abel from high school in Oregon. And 16th overall is, of course, our hated Cubs. I've got them taking a high school right-hander as well, Nick Bisco from high school in Pennsylvania. All right, uh, getting near the Brewers pick here at 20, but 17th overall, the Red Sox. I've got them taking outfielder Garrett Mitchell from USCLA. 18th overall, the Diamondbacks will take right-handed pitcher Cade Cavalli from Oklahoma. And 19th overall, the Mets will knock to take uh, right-handed pitcher Jared Kelly from high school in Texas. And that brings us up to the Brewers pick. Um, couple of names on the board here. First thing I'll point out from this draft, it's been said that it's one of the deepest drafts in high, I'm sorry, in college pitching, especially right-handed college pitching in quite a long time. They're actually saying like the top 10 pitchers or seven to 10 college pitchers coming out of this draft are actually higher ranked or higher rated than the number one uh, high, uh, college pitcher picked out last year's draft so it kind of shows the depth and with that being said I'm not sure that the Brewers um, you know they did pick a college left-hander in the first round last year and Ethan Small so I'd be surprised if they don't go kind of a bat uh, with this one what what are your overall thoughts and like the type of player you think the Brewers will target uh, you know I think that if I had to guess, they're going to go with pitching. Uh, well, actually, Craig, I should first point out that, uh, you know, I hate to hate to be the bearer of bad news, but whoever you are wanting them to pick uh, will probably not be the one actually selected by the team. Um, <laughs> if tradition and history holds true to form uh, this year, usually that's a day that we can mark on our calendars as being a day that uh, you are not very happy with the Milwaukee Brewers organization. So um, if you're thinking starting pitching, I'll have to go with the bat. But uh, no, just kidding. But on the surface of it, I would say that the Brewers are probably going to continue on with the you know philosophy that they've taken into, I think, a number of the last drafts, which is the best to draft the uh, best player available, regardless of position. Um, that seems to have been the, the uh, sort of draft philosophy that was adopted by David Stearns, and I, I think he'll continue that. Um, it still is a little early to, to kind of rate Stearns' draft. Uh, yeah, you know, I know that it's been a, a few years now since he's been the general manager, but uh, as you know, it usually takes a few seasons for these guys to even make a mark in the minor leagues, let alone rise quickly to the major leagues and then post a long enough track record in the majors to to really grade a draft. So I think the the jury is is still out on on David Stearns as a as a draft general manager. Um, so, but that being said, you know, the Brewers have traditionally had a hard time developing pitching. We've talked about it many times on our podcast. Uh, it would be great if we could add uh, 
you know, a, a college level pitcher to the system, a guy who's had a lot of success. Um, as you mentioned, with his draft being deeper uh, than many others, I, maybe the Brewers have an opportunity to do that um, for the first time in a while. Um, but we'll see. You know, I, I think that overall, my my response to your question is that Stearns is going to take the best player available when it does, you know, become the Brewers' turn on the board. Absolutely. And Stearns does have a huge say in who they select. And, uh, and he really coordinates with the scouting director. The Brewers' scouting director has been Todd Johnson. During, uh, and he came aboard, of course, uh, or has continued on during Stern's um, tenure as well. And I, I think they have had a couple of really good drafts together. Um, yeah. So, and Todd is, Todd is the one that replaced – and I, I should know this going into the show, but I really don't. Todd is the one that replaced Bruce Said, or was there another guy in there between – was it Reed Nichols between them? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think Nichols was up – was in there until Stearns took over too. So, Yeah. Yeah, and then it was Todd. Yeah, and then and then he added uh, he added Tom Carter, our anonymous source, to the scouting <laughs> department for a little bit as well, but that didn't really work out. But anyway, uh, sorry, Craig, go ahead. Oh yeah, and t- Tom TC didn't want you to either say his name or reveal that info actually. But um, so okay. some of the best names I'll hope most likely or could be on the board when the when the Brewers pick. We'll start by some throwing out some of those college pitchers. Um, Right-handed pitcher Clayton Beater from Texas Tech will be possibly on the board. Uh, right-handed pitcher Cole Wilcox out of Georgia. And left-handed pitcher Garrett Crotchet from Tennessee. Uh, those are some pretty talented arms that I think the Brewers could have there. At least one of those guys should be there for them to select. Um, if we're going to talking bats, first baseman Aaron Sabato from UNC um, is the second-best first baseman outside of Spencer Torkelson available. So he could be someone on the radar. Also, um, there's a couple of college catchers I think they could focus on. Uh, Austin Wells from Arizona and Dylan Dingler from Ohio State. And uh, also throw out a name, uh, outfielder Isaiah Green, High School, California, could be on the radar too. And most likely they'll go with someone completely uh, not even on this list. You don't know. but Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, these are probably guys that just, you know, most likely won't be selected now. But um, I don't know. I'll go ahead and predict in my mock I had that they'd take – Dylan Dingler from Ohio State. I really just yeah. think that the, you know, Stearns is someone that, or the whole scouting department, is, you can never have enough really good catchers. Um, and I know that we have uh, Navarro uh, for at least three seasons. But I mean, for, for someone to develop, especially with 2020 most likely yeah. loss, they'll take a couple of years. Yeah. So it wouldn't be surprised if they go a catcher. The one guy that I think they would run up to the podium and take if he fell was Patrick Bailey, who I had going 11th overall to the White Sox. I think he he would definitely be their choice if he were to happen to fall. And I think there's a chance he was considered like a top 10 type pick, but he's been kind of falling. So if the if he slides past the White Sox, it wouldn't surprise me if he could make it to the Brewers. That'd be a great pick. But Dylan Dingler from Ohio State, you know, he's kind of risen up boards conversely. Yeah. Um, and he's got I'd say like a five war name also. <laughs> so Craig, anyway. Craig, that's a, that's a really interesting point though, uh, to get back to, to your list, uh, you know, that the Brewers may look at catchers and that's something that, you know, I, again, I'm the interns have sort of dropped their duties this week, but um, I have not been able to, I can't think of another catcher that we've taken in the first round in Brewers recent history. I mean, I go back to BJ Surhoff. Was he the last one? And that would have been 1985, I think, was the draft that the Brewers got Surhoff. Yeah, 
it's been a while. I think Lucroy, if I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, was a second but, round pick. So yeah, Lucroy, Lucroy was definitely not a first rounder, and I, I don't know what round he was drafted in, but it was definitely not first. And um, it's interesting too because I do think that the Brewers have some organizational uh, weaknesses at the catching at the catching position. Um, we did, as you pointed out, acquire Narvaez uh, in the offseason in a in a uh, you know big trade. But I do think that Narvaez is not necessarily the guy that we're looking to be here seven, eight, nine years from now. I think he's he's the guy who can definitely be a solid uh, bridge catcher for you know three, four season, something like that. And, you know, at that point, you're going to hopefully have given time to somebody else to, you know, work their way through the minor league system. And, you know, the worst case scenario, if you do take a, t- a catcher that does pan out, you've still got Narvaez to either keep or trade or trade the prospect or however it works out. But um, in any event, no, I think that that's interesting. And outside of Narvaez, I don't think there's much depth. You know, Manny Pena is what he is. He, he turned 33 this week. So Pena isn't a long-term uh, fit at the catcher position. So you're not going to find uh, you know, that he's probably going to be in Milwaukee for more than a you know handful of seasons. We've got Jacob Nottingham as depth uh, in AAA along with guys like David Freitas, but they're not, I think Nottingham's prospect luster has really faded, uh, you know, in the last two seasons. Unfortunately, he's put up pretty pedestrian numbers in AAA and he's had just a brief cup of coffee uh, in each of the past two seasons in Milwaukee, but hasn't really done much at either AAA or the big league level. So, I don't think that he's regarded as much of a prospect as he was maybe, you know, two, three, four seasons ago. He's been uh, in the system, but working his way up to minors seemingly for quite some time. So, yeah, it's a really interesting point that you made about the catcher. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Nyham probably has a chance to be maybe like a career backup at this point. I mean, you never know. He could have a breakout or something, like that, but I don't think he's reached the potential. You know, obviously the Brewers thought he could when they made the trade and of Chris Davis for with him basically yeah. headliner. But but with that being said, well, maybe, at that at that time he was a top ten prospect in Oakland system. You know, he was he was he was rated fairly highly if I remember correctly. And you know, yeah. you, you might you might be right. He could be he could still have a you know reasonably decent big league career, maybe break out. But it certainly, if nothing else, is prospect status has has faded he's he's not a top 10 prospect in anybody's system absolutely and in the Brewers current top 30 minor league prospects there's a couple of catchers that I think they find promising one of them is uh Mario Feliciano I think probably has the 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 highest upside of a catcher currently in our system also Peyton Henry has some guy uh, someone I also like he's a little bit further down the list uh and then last year and last year's draft in the fifth round they drafted someone on, uh, out of college named Thomas Dillard, who was drafted as a catcher and played the last you know, last year as a catcher as a Timber Rattlers, but uh, word is that he's most likely going to be slid over to like a first base or, you know, now that possibly DH first base type of bat because uh, his bat is kind of ahead of his catching game. So I wouldn't necessarily see him as a future fit. So you never know. They could be looking at a catcher, especially since there's some that could be on the board uh, when they pick in the first round. But like you said, I wouldn't yeah. – they could go – if you're looking at the strength of the draft, they could go with a college pitcher right in this first round as well. So let's let's quickly yeah, – one, one, other, one, other, one other – I was just going to say really yeah. quick, one other point that you made that I think is interesting – is it seems like there's more college players uh, than high school players in your uh, predictions here for the first round, Craig. And I think, I think that's partly just because, you know, with the weirdness of this season and this year overall, the high school kids didn't really get a chance to play uh, in those places across the country uh, here in 2020. So you're really just relying on one or two years of performance at a varsity level in a high school. And, um, 
you know, most guys don't make varsity until, you know, their sophomore year, maybe, I guess some of these guys maybe did their freshman year, but um, even so it's like, you're kind of going off a two years performance essentially for a number of these guys. And I, I think that at least with the college guys who also lost most of their season, you're still getting both their high school and then their, you know, college careers uh, as a way to look at these guys. Otherwise it's really hard to make uh, these judgments on, you know, the talent level of these players. Um, really interesting. You know, I, I, I agree with you that because of this uh, strangeness of the misdevelopment and whatnot, and uh, there's a good chance that some high schoolers will probably look to go to college. Um, I don't think it'll affect the first and second round as much because those high schoolers are pretty well known based off their track right. record but as juniors especially. But, uh, again, there's some risk there. So it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, the Brewers do go pretty college-heavy. Most of the teams actually in this draft. So the Brewers also picked the well, – oh, go ahead. No, I was just say it's also going to lead to some really beefed out uh, college programs in the next couple of years because of the number of rounds uh, being reduced so much in this year's draft. A lot of these kids are going to have no other choice than other to go to college programs, uh, maybe JUCO, but uh, two-year schools. But a lot of, I think, college programs are going to get beefed up with guys who had expected to go at some point in the first, say, five to ten rounds of the draft that are definitely not going to happen at this point. So it'll be real interesting to, to kind of watch that progression through the college ranks in the next you know couple summers. Yeah, I mean, without there being uh, only fifth five rounds, a lot of the guys that would get picked and go, injected into minor league systems, you know, from round six on, are going to be in, you know going right from high school to college program instead. So there's going to be yeah, like you said, a very beefed up college program next year, and that might even make uh, you know, if someone actually gets selected in these five rounds, I think that they're going to probably try to sign rather than go to colleges because there's going to be so much competition. They could get, you know, there's no, you know, yep. they, could get, they could get outplayed, so to speak, by someone who wasn't as highly rated to come out of high school and then that their draft stock could fall. So if they get picked anywhere in the top five rounds, I'd be surprised if there are hardly anyone on this draft that doesn't sign. But with that being said, the college guys are much safer and, you know, if you're in more track record to evaluate them for the scouting directors as well. So I'm sure it's a frustrating situation for both sides yeah definitely is and i and i don't know the answer to this and maybe you do but have they adjusted compensation rules now for uh this draft and signing caps and 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 the amount of money that's allotted per slot has that risen because they don't have to spend money on all these other rounds that they typically would have in a normal uh you know amateur draft every other june yes it has been um adjusted however like the slot values are, are still being you know uh, on track for especially the you know first couple rounds to be similar to the last couple of years um, so that you know the players that do get selected in the first uh, you know, top of the draft will still get compensated um, equally to the last couple of years drafts but overall as far as like the draft pool I think all that has been uh, adjusted um, since there's a shorter draft I don't know all the right. details of that but but yeah it's it's definitely this is an odd year for all that stuff so well it's a really odd year. So say that your guy gets signed and you sign your first rounder. Well, normally you're going to send that guy to rookie ball or even a ball in some cases. And now this year with the fact that, I mean, hopefully I, and I still am optimistic about, you know, getting some, something of a major league season in, but I don't think that the minor leagues are going to happen. So where do these kids go, you know, they're signed. There is no instructional league that's being played. There is no minor league season that's being played. Um, there is no rookie league season that's being played. So, I mean, I guess they could go report to a team's spring training complex, but even those are kind of open and kind of not um, right now. So it's such a weird time that, 
you know, even for these guys that are drafted, normally they would have been playing in their high school or college season. So they would have been, you know, playing from February until the draft or even a little later if they're in the college world series. And then they would be going and reporting to a team uh, that drafted them after they would sign and playing for the remainder of the summer in one of those outlets. And now none of that's happening. So I'm wondering, and this is definitely a big hypothetical, but do you think that we're going to see, you know, anyone of these guys actually play any sort of professional baseball this season on any level? Um, not Probably not any of the guys that get drafted, even though there is some talk now um, that the Arizona Fall League, which typically only has six teams um, and every major league – and all those six teams, each of them get fed from five major league teams, which make up the whole 30. So I think that what they're trying to do right. is reconfigure that so that every – uh, franchise gets their own Arizona Fall League team that they can stock with probably triple-A, double-A guys or even single-A guys. Yeah. They really want to not miss out on development, so to speak. Um, right. That could kind of be interesting. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that out. There's even some talk that they'd even make like a Florida Fall League. And then the funny right. thing about that is that they're, they'd want to try to start it in July rather than uh, typically the Fall League right. in October and November. So I think that they'd want to try to start it earlier and possibly extend the season a little bit. It's kind of fill in for yeah. a pseudo mock uh, minor league fill in season, so to speak. Maybe, so, maybe, maybe you'll have guys like Dave Winfield, you know, and they went right to the majors. If the, if the major leagues do happen this season and you're going to have expanded rosters of like 40 or 50 guys, which is some of the numbers that have been floated out. I even wonder if you're going to see somebody that is drafted and has been a, you know, a, a three-year college player and missed their fourth season because of COVID who could come in and even help a team down the stretch? I know it seems far-fetched, but you could, uh, it's but yeah, I would say an interesting like, scenario. Yeah, it's interesting. I, outside of, like, the very top guy, Spencer Torkelson, uh, who, again, the Tigers probably won't be contending, but if they were, they could probably stick him in. But uh, um, other than that, I would only say that maybe, you know, a near-ready college arm might get some look. But even then, I think it would be – It'd be maybe one or two guys that would that would actually snip the major leagues out of the strap, but I would doubt even that. So we shall see. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't happened for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, obviously. It's, I, I think that the teams take a little bit slower, but things are totally different now. That's for sure. Um, the second yeah. round, the Brewers have uh, the 56th overall pick, which is a second rounder. There's a couple of guys that are kind of my favorite guys in this draft. I think might be available. They've kind of slid, uh, so to speak, and you're like, how can you slide when there's not even a season? But uh, they're both high schoolers. One of them's a first baseman named Blaze Jordan of high school in Mississippi, and the other one's a third baseman, uh, Jordan Walker. Um, and, and basically, uh, they're both got tons of power. Blaze Jordan has been winning home run derby since he was like 15 years old. Uh, both got tons of power, which is, I believe, something you can't teach. I'm kind of a sucker for on the draft. However, uh, they also have holes in their swings, but that's pretty typical of guys. Uh, and Blaze Jordan in particular is actually coming out as a 17-year-old junior um, of high school, actually, uh, he applied specifically to come out in this draft. So if he's there for the pick, I, I, he, he's a name I'd love for them to pick. I, I have a mock to take him here, but uh, otherwise Jordan Walker, he might go between the Brewers first and second rounder, but if he's still available, that'd be great. I'd be happy with either of those yeah. picks. And then I'm just going to throw out a couple of names for each of the picks for this second rounder. Uh, Left-handed pitcher Dax Fulton, a high school Oklahoma, would be someone – on the Raider, possibly a shortstop, Freddie Zamora from uh, University of Miami, right-handed pitcher uh, Nick Faso from Loyola Marymount. Those are some names to possibly look for to be available. The Brewers' second-round pick, 
And now for the rest of the three picks here, just to make it interesting, because I'm sure it'll be something that you might want to watch on, you know, MLB um, Network or MLB.com or whatever, follow along. Since there's only five rounds, I thought I'd throw a couple of names that might be available for each of the rounds. We also picked in the third round, 92nd overall, um, a couple of names that might be available to keep an eye on. Right-handed pitcher Stevie Emanuels from University of Washington. Outfielder Parker Chavers from uh, Coastal Carolina. Third baseman Tyler Keenan from Mississippi. And right-handed pitcher Taylor Dollard from Cal Poly. Um, those are all some names. Um, you notice they were all uh, from this round. The third round I picked all them all from college. Just because I think, like you mentioned already, these college guys are going to be the ones most likely to go. Our fourth rounder, we pick 120th overall. A couple of guys, outfielder Steven Williams from Auburn could be available. Right-handed pitcher Carson Seymour from Kansas State. Right-handed pitcher Trey Dillard from Missouri. I mean, we picked a Dillard last year with Thomas still in the fifth round. Oh, I'm pick another Tim Dillard. Dillard or, yeah. Tim Dillard, of course, our, our hero of the show. I mean, I mean, we never have too many Dillards, so I figured I'd throw him in there. Um, a couple of high schoolers might be on the radar at this round. High schooler from uh, right-handed pitcher from New York, Jason Savakul. He's a name to keep an eye on. So he's one of those guys who even – well, this, there's no season this year, but um, it's those Northeast high schoolers are hard because they have such short seasons to really get a gauge on them. But uh, he's someone who's interesting. And uh, third baseman uh, Tanner Witt from a high school in Texas is someone to keep an eye on too. So let me quick finish it out with our fifth round pick, which is a 150th overall. Um, first with a couple of college guys, shortstop Adam Aviedo from Oral Roberts, right-handed pitcher Austin Love from UNC. And then I've got, got a couple of high schoolers on this one too. Shortstops Cade Horton from Oklahoma High School and shortstop uh, Milan Tor Tor Torlantino from high school in California. And actually, here's one from Puerto Rico. I know the, the Brewers always scout down there pretty well. Uh, outfielder Mario Zabala is a high school from Puerto Rico. He could be around for the fifth-round pick as well. So, overall, there's going to be less than 200 total players picked in this draft, which, like we already mentioned, only five rounds. So, it's going to be really an honor if you're selected in this draft. And I would think most guys are going to sign. And hopefully the Brewers, you know, can replenish some in their system you know their farm system unfortunately is ranked kind of toward the toward the bottom of the league right now but uh you know they have been successful and made the playoffs each of the last couple of years so that's why we're picking a little bit lower in the draft and that's kind of happens we have been able to feed into our major league team guys like Keston here of course and uh, I think there'll be some more guys coming so I, I mean overall um, it'll be interesting also after the draft happens, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to sign, you know, for just minor league contracts, undrafted minor leaguers, especially from the college level. And so I think the Brewers will stock up their minor leagues that way too, but it's going to be kind of a free for all. So um, it'll be interesting how that gets handled. And, you know, there'll obviously have to be um, some key signings that'll probably happen, you know, that uh, don't even get drafted that can be a factor in the future too for the brewer so Hopefully. yeah and i think they're going to be very active they're going to be very active on that front too i think like many of the major league teams who are you know constrained by these rules and the, the, the fact that there's only you know five rounds and um it'll take a little time because i think that it's going to have to get to the point where you know right now unfortunately we're seeing teams having to release large numbers of minor league players uh, because of the situation and no games being played. And 
Um, you know, so it's going to take some months to, to bounce back, but I do have a feeling that you're right that over the you know course of the next, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, few months, we, we, we see things returning to normalcy and you'll see, you know, a number of these guys uh, getting signed who would have been drafted this year. But I do think, like I said before, I, I do think that it's going to lead to a lot of high school kids going to college uh, for at least a, a year or two to kind of up their stock and, and get back to a draft, which is, you know, more in line with normal standards in the last 20 years instead of this year, which is such a weird aberration in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know there's plenty more baseball to talk about uh, behind the scenes stuff going on to try to get a 2020 season actually yeah. under play. Um, I know that you predicted that we'd start by like around July 4th. And I said something like the yeah. middle of July and Scott had said in our previous podcast, it probably won't even be a season. Um, it's yep. tough to say that any of us could be right at this point. Uh, but um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll kind of save the talk on that for the next podcast, which we'll hopefully do with, uh, right after this draft. So we can do a little draft recap and then some baseball negotiation talk, so to speak. And we can have Scott and I'm sure Chad on for that. Um, as yeah, well. so, no, that sounds great. To, uh, um, you know, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, hopefully we're still staying hopeful and encouraged that there will be a 2020 season. And uh, I'm hopeful that that's going to be the case, even though it's a little bit frustrating at this point. So we'll, we'll reserve the rest yeah. of the for the next podcast. But um, yeah, that, that, that sounds good. Been a frustrating week anyways on that front. So I hope hopefully there's, you know, better news to report here in the next couple of days in time for our next show. Yeah. Cause I think this next week is going to be pretty huge on that front too. Obviously the draft is yeah. happening. Uh, so some of the teams have to focus on that, but the owners themselves really, um, and have to get together with the players' union and hash something out. There's got to be a common ground on this. I mean, that that's the bottom. I agree. The, that's the bottom line. Is I, given the circumstances, you've got to get if you're if the health is allowing you to get on the field, you've got to do it in some form or another. Uh, and figure out the financial end of it. That's your responsibility as professional yeah, adults I, and whatnot. So hopefully, no, I I, I, I totally totally agree. Couldn't agree with you more on that, Craig. And. You know, it, and I should just point out quick, I know we'll delve into it more in another uh, podcast, but I do think that it's in everybody's economic best interest that baseball is played. So it seems to me like, you know, there would be some compromise that's reached, but hopefully I'm not being too optimistic about the uh, the wherewithal of the owners and the players to make good decisions. So anyways, we'll we'll save that for for, for another yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's no de- doubt detail on that. That if somehow that weren't to come to fruition, that they would really tarnish the pro- their product of baseball, and that'd be really stupid at this point. So yeah, incredibly stupid. Yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. So if you guys are, yeah. if you, any of you um, owners or players are listening to our podcast, please step up and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know we know that at least a couple are. You know, are, I'm sure that Mr. Yeah. Tim Dillard is listening. So come on, Tim, let's get this done. Yeah. Definitely be the peacemaker. So, all right, Vince, <laughs> thanks, thanks for chiming in here. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll, I'll be excited just to tune in anything baseball related at this point. So, uh, the, the baseball draft once again starts. Uh, the first round will happen, I believe, on uh, Wednesday night, uh, the 10th, and the uh, rounds two through five will be happening on the 11th. So, definitely tune in. And then, yeah, definitely tune in, guys. And remember, uh, sorry, Craig, but just wanted to, to remind uh, any listeners that they can email any questions at brewcrewreviewpodcasts with an S at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you give us a subscribe on uh, iTunes or any of your other favorite podcast listening devices. We always appreciate the support. Absolutely. And 
once again, hopefully Chad and Scott have been successful with their, their protesting or whatnot today. So <laughs> distancing uh, at a bar uh, is, is kind of my best guess as to what they're actually doing, but yes, agreed. Absolutely. So, all right, Vince, <laughs> all right, take great. care. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll, we'll come back at you in, uh, okay. in about a week or so with the draft recap and some, hopefully some great new positive news on the base 2020 baseball season chances. Coming up soon, so, Sounds great, Craig. Uh, good talking to you, and uh, thanks, uh, Chad. Thank you, Scotty. Go Brewers. All right. Stay classy, Brewer fans. Stay classy, guys. Go Take Brewers. Care. Bars are open. Take care. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>